Welcome to another episode of Emmy's Insight. It's your host, Emmy, and today is actually my last day being 21 years old, which is just completely terrifying. What on this actual planet Earth? I just, I am still not even used to being out of my teens. And yeah, here we are. So that's completely terrifying. And anyway, today's episode is a Q&A. So basically, I did a little bit of a ask me a question poll on my Instagram story this morning. And I've had a ridiculous amount of questions come through and I was answering lots of them on my story. I did make a highlight called Q&A if you want to check what I put up there out. So it's still going to be up. Um, Even if this episode comes out like a long time after, it'll be on that highlight. However, there were so many and I was getting very annoying on my story. So I did a poll saying, would you guys like me to continue these in more depths, depths, depth, depth. Can I say the word depth, please? In more depth on a podcast. So here we are, that podcast. Let me just see what it's at. So far, 91% voted yes. And 9% of people voted no. So whoever that 9% is like, really? That's like random. Like you don't have to listen to the podcast. That's just being a hater. So anyways, (laughs) sorry, I'm just seeing how many people actually voted. And because I've posted that many stories today, I have to like tap through so many every time I want to see. Anyway, it's still at 91% saying yes. So here we are. Um, I also kind of wanted to talk in a bit more detail into some of the questions. Um, And it's hard to kind of answer in one story. I also did a little bit of a rant on my story and it was stressing me out and I felt bad to rant on my story. So anyway, I'm just going to shut up and get into these questions. Okay, so I'm going to get into more of the deeper questions rather than the like, what's your favorite athletic brand? Um, So I've just scrolled down to the bottom. And the first one I'm going to start with is one that I did answer on my story, but I wanted to dive into it a little bit more. And it is, do you eat intuitively? And I said, yes and no. So yes, I listen to my body when I'm hungry. However, intuitive eating is not always right for everybody. And for someone like myself, who you guys know, or actually you might not know. (laughs) I was thinking I was on YouTube for a second. I've made lots of videos about recovering from being very underweight, going through anorexia and an ED. So I don't always have the right hunger cues. And again, because I'm training and I need to gain weight, my body usually isn't hungry um, for the amount it needs. That was such a bad way to explain it. Basically, just because my body's not hungry doesn't mean I don't need to eat. So intuitive eating doesn't always work for me. So I said yes and no, because yes, I eat when I'm hungry, but no, I don't always not eat when I'm full. Sometimes I still have to eat if I'm full, which is not intuitive eating, but That's what I need to do for my own health. So intuitive eating can be great for some people when you trust your body and you know that it's getting hungry when it needs food and it's full when it doesn't need food. But if you're like in a different circumstance and this could go both ways, like for example, someone underweight, like I've said, they're not always going to be, have the right hunger cues. You know, if you need to gain weight, your body's not always going to tell you to eat. Sometimes you have to eat even if your intuition isn't to eat. And then the other end of the spectrum is someone who's quite overweight. They might always have that hunger cue telling them eat more, but they're trying to obviously get to a healthy weight for them. So intuitive eating has its place, but you have to really get in a good, like it's practice and get in a good 
um, relationship with it and rhythm with it with your body and learn to trust your body. And I trust my body and I trust that just because it's full doesn't mean it's okay for me to just not have that snack after dinner. That's usually when I'm not very hungry, but I know I'll wake up in the night if I'm not, if I don't have that extra snack and I'll be losing weight if I don't have that extra snack. So yeah, that's my response to do, do you eat intuitively? Yes and no. What are some of your insecurities? That is a deep question. And I didn't answer this one on my story because I feel like it's too deep to kind of talk about insecurities on a post on Instagram, like on a like five second story, just being like listing insecurities. But um, uh, this one's a hard one because it really depends on your mindset. And I have times where I'll like pick myself apart in the mirror and it's something I've really struggled with. And I've talked a lot about one of my insecurities is... Um, Obviously, having body dysmorphia and going through an ED, it's very um, a big thing to have like insecurity about your body. But the only body part I was ever that insecure about was my abdominals, so my stomach. I've kind of touched on this in a few videos before, but for me, I don't know, I always just obsessed over like athletes I looked up to who had like a six pack and was shredded so that I don't know to me I was always obsessed with having a six pack and seeing like every abdominal muscle and when I was in a really bad place I would always like just look at my abs in the mirror and always freak out every time I ate that that would go away and it was so unhealthy and so obsessive and I've learned that like everybody's body's so different like your genetics play a huge role so no matter how hard you train it doesn't mean someone's going to get defined in the way they want to which is completely fine like everybody's bodies are going to react to how they train differently you could put everybody in the world on the same diet and the same training program and everybody would still look completely different so learning to just love your body at its healthiest is so important and for me like when I was super underweight like I yes I was super shredded and I did have that six pack and ab veins and I was really I don't know obsessive about that and I was still insecure about my stomach even then and yeah I guess that's just like one of the biggest reasons I struggled with my body I don't know why specifically it was that body part I have no idea but that's just yeah that was just for me it's something that I still work on gaining weight like I'm like it's okay not to be shredded it's completely fine I'd rather be healthy and actually an athlete not just look like an athlete something I hate about body um, competitors sorry that was like really rude and beefy not body competitors like each of their own but so many people have said to me like oh my gosh you have like you need to do body comp like bodybuilding competitions like bikini modeling competitions you know those those kind of things I don't really know the whole scene what they're called but I've always said like no to me that's not sport sports about like performance and training hard to compete and perform and do things your body has never done before not to look a certain way and it's not about aesthetics and that for me would take the joy out of what I love about sport if it became about just purely how you look um okay let's move on A question was how to always stay healthy. And I answer this by saying, I love healthy foods. I did want to go into this more in depth because I'll get more into this later. Another question that I went on the rant about, you don't always have to eat healthy. 
and it's healthier to be balanced. So it's all relative what you think healthy is. Being super restrictive and only eating spinach and broccoli, someone might think, oh my God, that's so healthy. I want to do that. Like that's not healthy. That's just sad. And that's not going to give your body the nutrients it needs. But to this question, I did say I enjoy eating healthy foods and I eat healthy foods that I love the taste of. If you look at my whole Foodgram Instagram account, I have tons of recipes and they're all freaking delicious. Every like fast food or junk food, you can make a healthy alternative to. And honestly, I like the healthy food options more. Um, and because of I've eaten like healthy foods and not had junk foods in so, so many years, like my taste buds are definitely acquired to healthier foods. But there's so many healthy foods that are delicious. Like all my favorite foods are what someone would what's the word um uh, what someone would like consider that's the word consider healthy like baked oats delicious i love freaking nourish bowls avocado salmon falafel wraps wraps like salad wraps smoothies smoothie bowls my healthy banana oat pancakes honestly delicious um but yeah, so just eating food that you enjoy and your taste buds definitely become acquired to it. But in saying that, if your favorite foods are what people would consider less healthy foods or more in moderation foods, you don't have to not have them. Just have them in moderation and as part of a balanced diet. Because as I'm trying to say, it's healthier to have a balanced diet than to have a fear of food and a restrictive mindset. Um, and that just sets you up to going down like a spiral of a disordered eating pattern but yeah for me how I stay healthy all the time is because I love the food that I eat and I enjoy it and I eat tasty healthy foods I don't eat gross stuff okay as I said that I realized like what is gross stuff like I love veggies and fruits um but like I won't eat foods I don't enjoy the taste of so like off the top of my head foods that I literally hate are stuff like olives I don't like olives, so I'm not going to eat olives. (laughs) So what I'm saying is you don't eat foods that you don't like the taste of. But if you're one of those people that hate every single veggie, then you have to start eating them and adapt your taste buds. For example, I used to hate eggs. Like I only started eating eggs in year 12 um, because I literally couldn't stomach them. They were repulsive to me and I literally trained myself to like them and now I genuinely like them. That sounds so intense, but like basically how I started to like them is I would have them blended with oats and banana and cinnamon and make them as like banana oat pancakes. And then I made like omelets with like heaps of spices and veggies and sweet potato. And then I worked my way up to having boiled eggs. And now that's like my favorite form of it. But yeah, you can definitely like adapt to liking something by just eating it more. Um, Okay, next question is honestly how is your relationship with food and your body atm um in all honesty it definitely fluctuates like some days i'll feel really just like i've had enough i just want to run fast again and be healthy and i need to eat heaps and gain weight and get a period back um and then some days it is harder where you'll pick yourself apart when you look in the mirror but i have been a lot better with just like acknowledging that those days are going to happen and you just keep going and try and ignore those feelings and emotions and thoughts because it's all passing thoughts and just thinking about the bigger picture focusing on how much better it feels to feel healthy and 
what I want to, why I'm doing this, like why I want to be healthy again, what my purpose is and what the end outcome for me is. So a big reminder for me is I haven't competed or run a national final in a few years since losing my period and losing weight. And that breaks my heart and I want to be out there again. So constantly reminding myself that is a big motivator. So when it, in response to this question, I'd say more days are good than bad, but it is a fluctuating relationship. Um, how do you deal with weight gain? I currently need to. Um, as I said, focusing on why I want to do this is how I deal with it and trying not to... Those days where you feel really shit and you feel like horrible about yourself and you hate yourself... Being aware that those days are just passing feelings and thoughts and trying not to sit with it, just distracting yourself and understanding that it will pass and not every day is like that. It's just a bad moment and bad moments are going to happen because that's life. Um, But forcing yourself to focus on the positive and this is so random, but the people you follow like on Instagram makes such a big difference. So unfollowing the people that, I don't know, the super thin models that aren't going to help you get to where you need to be and following people who inspire you. So this is so random, but right now my one of my absolute favorite athletes who has been one of my absolute favorite athletes for so long is Liz Clay. And for me, like just looking at her photos and her body and what she does, and she's so muscular and so strong and she's a weapon and and she's, yeah, an, an icon. <laughs> and just realizing that you have to be strong and built and... I love her body as well. So yeah, that sounds so random, but just seeing like how successful she is at her sport and how well she's been doing, but also how built and strong she is because she feels herself properly. So yeah, just following people that inspire me to be healthy and reminding myself that I want to be like that and that I want to be healthy and that I want to get out there and compete and be healthy again as well. So yeah, that's, that's one of the ways I deal with it. But there's a lot of other things too. Like it's so important to speak out, have your support network around you. Um, I started seeing a dietitian earlier in the year. I haven't seen her in person in months. First of all, I was working seven days a week. And second of all, now we're on lockdown. But um, I found her so helpful. Just the support networks is so important. And talking to people is so important. So speaking up about it, you might need to see professional help. Um, I for me, the sports dietitian was super helpful and um, other support networks like my coach and my family and friends. But I did try psychologists who I didn't gel with and I, they just didn't understand me. And the tips they gave me, I was like, bruh, I, I tried all of this. I'm quite intelligent. Like I already know quite a bit about psychology and this didn't open me up to anything new. So I didn't find that helpful. But I ha- also have good friends who have they they see somebody and have found it super helpful so you just got to try things out and find who works for you but yeah there's some of the tips I have okay do you think you do too much exercise and under eat to regain your period potentially because it is going to be trial and error I have been finding the last few weeks I've struggled to put on any weight I mean I say weeks months And I think it's just because how active I am requires more food than what my brain is really used to. I guess, yeah, it's so hard to explain. Um, So I don't think, 
I don't think you have to quit exercise. It just means you need to eat more food. Um, I think once you get to a healthy weight for your body, and that's going to be completely different for everybody, your body will be able to trust you and start cycling again. Um, but yeah, that I it's it is trial and error. So I'm trying to like increase how much I'm eating, and then it's so hard because sometimes I do so much more exercise, and I don't realize how much in fact that really does need you to eat more of but that literally was so bad English that sentence but my thoughts are a bit messy right now <laughs> let me go to the next question um have you gotten stronger since gaining weight I'm guessing this means like in the gym so this is really hard to tell because if we're in lockdown so I've been focusing on my track stuff rather than gym stuff however I'm going to say yes, before lockdown, over the few weeks. Um, so I'm still quite light, but from the very beginning of the year, trigger warning, I'm about to say a kind of way. I'm not going to like say specifics, but early in the year, I wasn't, I was a couple of kilos under 50, which is way, way, way underweight for me because, oh, well, a few reasons, but one, I'm 170 centimeters tall and quite muscular. So I, I needed more body fat and weight on me. Um, and I'm only like just above 50 now, but that those couple of kilos have been a very big difference energy wise. And I would say gym wise, obviously like the actual training you put in is very important and most important, but having enough new, like being not malnourished and eating well and your nutrition obviously plays a role too. And I was progressing quite well weight wise in what I was lifting in the gym before lockdown happened so I do think I'm a little bit stronger than before but not super strong because I haven't focused on gym that much in the last few weeks um can you keep uploading on depop oh my gosh I will but like (laughs) I have like boxes and boxes of clothes I'm trying to sell and I just like it's like the bane of my existence (laughs) will you get any more tattoos or piercings oh I, I have so many tattoos that I am keen on getting and I'm going to say yes. I don't know when, but yes, I want more tattoos. Piercings, I already have like 10. My ears are full and I don't really want to pierce anywhere else. So I'm probably not going to get any more piercings. I used to want a nose piercing, but then I was like jokes. I don't want a hole in my on my face. Um, and then I used to want a belly piercing. For ages, I wanted a belly piercing. But then I just did so much research into it and found that like they have the biggest rate of rejection and... I just don't want pus coming out of my stomach. And on top of that, um, they never, for most people, the hole never goes. So it's not like you can just be like, whatever, I'll just leave it and let it close up. It's kind of like a a lifetime commitment. So I don't know if I want it lifetime. So I'm not going to get a belly. I also, my physio, who's like heaps spiritual, said to me, um, it's like a meridian of the body in Chinese medicine that you shouldn't put anything there to block the energy flow. And so did my Chinese um, herbalist. Why well, I sound like someone with like my therapist, my Chinese herbal medicine person. I haven't been to my Chinese medicine person in over a year. These aren't people I see on the reg, by the way. Um, yeah, so not going to get a belly piercing. Um, do you ever experience burnout? Yes. Oh my gosh. Basic. And how do I deal with it? Um, oh yeah. So a couple of times I've had, I've been burnt out. And 
some of those times were like after the HSC, um, after the last semester of uni, if you saw some of my videos, I was like working seven days a week, training, studying, and I died. And do you know what saved me this time? Lockdown. Um, and then in the past times, I've like not been eating enough and been training really too much. And the only way to deal with it is to start to rest more, get enough sleep, start to eat more, rest more and take the time off to recover. And I was so blessed that lockdown happened because I needed it. Um, wow, you're 22 soon. That's so much older than me. Okay, I have replied to this saying that's because you're in year five. You're not in year five at Miles. I know you're probably not listening to my podcast, but stuff you stop making me feel old. <laughs> How old are you? You're like 15. That's not even that young. Kidding, that's kind of young. How, how many years apart are we then? Like seven? My parents are more years apart than that. I'm not that much older than you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I mean, I'm not kidding, but whatever. Um, next question. Are you weight restored yet? No. Um, I know that this is like a hard question because it's like, how can you know what your like set weight is? If anybody looked at me, if I was to eat intuitively, I would not be gaining weight. And um, you could say, oh, you must be weight restored. But there are a few points that I know I need to reach to know I'm at that place. And a few of them are, okay, one, obviously a weight that your body allows you to get a period. And I'm not at that weight. So your body, when it's not at a weight that it's healthy for you, and that's different for everybody, it's going to shut down certain functions. And one of them is your reproductive system. So my reproductive system obviously doesn't work at the moment and it hasn't for about four years now, which is so scary. Um, and I know that when I'm at a healthy weight, that should work again. A few other things are things like energy wise, like feeling energetic, feeling good and not breaking down um, as an injury wise. That shouldn't happen when you're at a good weight for you. A few other things are um, training. Like the times I've been running being so low weight have been terrible. Like I ran better when I was 15 and I'd never trained a day in my life than when I was training myself into the ground and not eating enough. So um, there are a few things that I know will be indicators of, oh, you're at a good weight for you. And I'm not there quite yet. I also go off scale weights just as a guide. Um, So when I last competed and was healthy and was getting a period, I was probably about 53 or 54 kilos. So I'm still a couple of kilos away from that. So I'm aiming to just get there first and then see how I feel and see if those other indicators are there. Um, But we're working on it. When are you going to post your next assumption video? Posted it this morning. Check it out. Um, I know when you guys hear this podcast, it won't be this morning. Do you know what? I'll post this podcast tomorrow on my birthday. So I posted it yesterday. Um, if it's not the 16th of August, when this podcast comes out, then I didn't post it on my birthday, but yeah, your favorite color. I don't know because I love so many colors and it changes all the time. So yeah. What did you want to do when you were young? (laughs) Um, I think this is like more of a, what do you want to be when you grow up? Um, when I was little, it honestly changed all the time. One of the things I remember wanting to be was a cop because I thought like Charlie Buckton in Home and Away was a weapon and I thought it was so cool. And they like always chased bad guys and like dived on them and like saved the day. So I used to want to be a cop, but definitely don't want to be a cop now. Um, I used to want to be on Home and Away and then I was an extra on Home and Away, which does not count. I was a waitress on home and away. 
Um, and then the new waitress that replaced me made a freaking TikTok and got TikTok famous about being the waitress on Home and Away. And I was like, bitch, I did it first. Go away. <laughs> kidding. Um, no, I'm not kidding. That happened, but that wasn't actually my response. I was just like, damn, that's hilarious. Um, what else did I want to be when I was little? Oh my God. I literally wanted to be like a surf lifesaver when I was little. I thought that was like, I don't know what, what's going on in my head. I wanted to be like a movie star. Okay, sorry. I'm just like laughing at myself for saying movie star, like an actress. But when I was little, I didn't know it was actress. I used to write like, I want to be a movie star or rock star. Like that's not a thing. But I remember like when you're little and you have to like, I literally have pictures where like in in year one, you had to draw like what you want to be when you're older. And I drew like, I want to be a rock star or something like that. (laughs) Oh God. Children are so pure. That's why I want to be a child. Anyway. One question was, is it normal to start uni at 20 in Oz? So as in 20 years of age. And I responded to this. So it's not like there's no such normal in Australia because everyone has the most random paths. What I said was like most people start uni at like 17, 18 or 19, which is the age you are when you graduate school or like a year after, after a gap year. But like so many people start later and like so many people do a degree and then they're like jokes. I don't want to do this anymore. And they do another degree. So they'll be like four years older by that time. Heaps of people change their mind and like chop and change. Plenty of people decide on a career change later in life or go to uni later. And who cares? Like, honestly, don't compare yourself to like how old other people are or like what someone else's journey in their life is. It's going to be so different for everyone. So 20 is young. Like if you're starting a uni and you're hundred percent sure what you want to do, then start whenever. Like, If you're going to start uni at 25, but you're like set on what you want to do, then that's perfect. It's better than starting at 18 and like having absolutely no clue what you want to do, but you just do it anyway. And then you realize that's not what I want to do. And you're left with, you know, like a $50,000 hex debt. Um, how to, sorry, that was a stupid question. What kept you motivated during your HSC year? Okay. I went on a rant about this one in my um, vlog that I'm actually filming today. Um, I'm doing like a little birthday vlog over today and tomorrow um, because YOLO, I felt like it. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I kind of went on a rant about this because you don't, like nothing keeps you motivated 100% of the time. Motivation is fleeting. It's great and you can do things to, um, you know, foster motivation and work on having that motivating drive but it's not always going to be there. You have to be disciplined. Um, so yeah, you've got to be harder on yourself. Sometimes you have to be disciplined. If you want something, you've got to put in the work and just put in your all and a hundred percent effort. So yeah, sometimes let me just find, I'm just going to go through the post and see what I responded. Okay. I said, there's no such thing as always being motivated. You must be disciplined and harden yourself. Sometimes don't cut yourself slack all the time. If you want something, then work. Um, so during the HSC year, I was obviously, I had discipline. I also, um, was really tough on myself. I set myself non-negotiable tasks. So for example, I might have set myself like today, you're going to get done these two past papers and you're going to also be studying for eight hours in total. And that was a non-negotiable. And that sounds like really intense and insane. And it was, but at the same time, like you do the HSC like one time in your life. So it's just a one-off where you're just going to grind and then it's over. So I was hard on myself. Um, other things that kept me like motivated was that I'm a competitive person and I wanted to 
do the best. I also wanted to see what I could do if I gave it my all. I also wanted a hiatus. Like I wanted to try and get, I don't know, above like 95 or something like that. Um, and then another thing is just being really stressed about it and like having anxiety. I would wake up in the middle of the night and be like, oh my God, stress, hate to see. And then I would just study in the middle of the night because yeah, wow. Traumatic times, traumatic times. The HSC sucks, but honestly, it, it's just one, once in your life. Just get through it. Um, tr- tips for surviving lockdown in year 11 and 12. Use the time wisely. Honestly, when I was in the HSE, I would stay at home and study all day long and not leave the house. So that's literally, lockdown is the perfect excuse to not, like there's nothing else you can do. Like, use your time absolutely as wisely as you can. Um, favorite piece of jewelry. This is so random to say on a podcast, but whatever. I love the gold bangle that my mom and dad got made. So they made both me and my sister a piece of gold, a piece of gold, <laughs> a piece of jewelry with our family's gold. So like my mom collected all the gold from like my nan's jewelry box, some of her old jewelry, just stuff that was sitting in a box somewhere and hadn't been worn in decades. And she made me and my sister both a piece of jewelry. And I picked a bangle. I think my sister picked a ring. And I love it because obviously it's made with my family's old jewelry. But it's also, you know, you can't just go and buy it in the shops because it's made like that. It's like my own unique piece of jewelry. And yeah, I just love it because I thought it was really sweet that my mum did that. So she wanted to do it for me and my sister's 21st, um, almost a year ago now, but she actually did it like recently because yeah, life do be like that. Um, okay. When are you planning on moving out? Um, and would you buy? So I answered this one and I'm just going to find what I said. All right. In my post, I where's my post? (laughs) I've done that many. Okay. In my post, I said not soon. Um, I would like to, yes. So I'd like to buy and not rent because one of the biggest reasons for me of buying and not renting is because buying, I know you get a huge mortgage, but that mortgage is like rent payments that eventually stop. And then you own the property. Whereas renting, it's like, you, yeah, you're just paying someone money to live somewhere. And then eventually you, you leave. It's their place you're basically paying someone else's mortgage um, and then you just lost all that money. And I know it's not lost money, you get to stay out of home. But if you don't need to, which I don't, like my family are awesome and I'm super close to my parents and I don't want to just be spending like a rando 400 bucks a week for no reason. But there's so many other reasons why like I don't, like I know I might have to rent, but like again, like being a PT at a commercial gym let me just tell you, it's almost $400 a week rent, depending where you are. So my gym is $325 a week rent. So if you're paying $325 a week rent, plus you're renting a place, let's say that's $300, bucks, that's $625 a week just for rent payments. That's not including like necessities of living, like petrol money, groceries, bills. So um, basically, if you, for me, like I just think that's unsustainable if you're living like that there's no way to actually save. Like you'd never ever be able to own a house because you can't save. You spend every cent you earn just to live and make ends meet. And I don't want to do that to myself at this point. And then on top of that, because I'm still at uni, I don't think like that would just be too much to balance. Um, 
and I don't want to work myself into the ground again. But yeah, so I said in that post, I would like to buy ideally. So I'd like to save a couple of hundred thousand dollars first. I know that sounds like insane, but like Sydney's so freaking expensive. Like even the cheapest, tiniest, ugliest old house is going to be over a million dollars. Um, anyway, um, so I would also like to finish uni first and that's not going to be for that long because wait, that's not going to be for that long. That's going to be a while. What am I saying? And now that I'm going part-time, I'm dragging it over a couple more years. Um, so I'm probably going to be like 24 ish when I move out. So like a few years away, which gives me more time to just like enjoy my life and not have to stress about making ends meet and also focus on training, finish uni, not have to worry about working like a billion hours a week. And I'm completely fine with that. Like I am super close to my parents, as I said, and they're really chill and I like being at home with them. Um, but yeah, sadly my parents do want to move out to an area that I'm not keen on. So I would stay at home longer if they weren't doing that, but the snakes the snakes that they are anyway i'm kidding by the way they're awesome they're not snakes for moving jokes stuff you i'm kidding <laughs> um okay let's get back to these questions where was i moving out jewelry okay this is a great question did you ever get bullied for starting your own brand as such like youtube podcast etc so what i responded to that was i never got bullied but I know that like behind my back, people talk and like I have been made fun of or like people have cringed super hard. Um, and then in following that, the same person asks, if yes, how did you overcome that and move past it? So I'm just going to read out what I responded because I think it was pretty, pretty well summed up. Okay. So my biggest advice is if you want to start your own like YouTube or podcast or whatever it is, fucking YOLO. That's literally my advice, but don't worry. I have more to say. <laughs> okay. So someone's going to hate on you either way. So why let that stop you? It's your life. Don't let someone who may bully you dictate it. Life's short. You're going to die one day. So do the things that you want to while you can. Don't have regrets in life. And I always ask myself, like, what's the worst that could happen? Like, seriously, what is the absolute worst that could happen? If the worst that could happen is someone's going to make fun of you, why would you let that stop you from doing what you want to do? That's kind of sad. Just you got to not worry about what people think of you. Fuck the haters. Okay, let's continue. This is going to be a long potty. Okay, I'm going to stop answering like 90% and go to like more 50%. Um, oh, okay, this one. Do you have to be naturally fast at running long distance to begin training to be elite? So no, you don't. And what I responded to this was, I don't think you have to be naturally fast to be a distance runner. So for a distance runner, you can train your ass off and get super fit. There's always the marathon. You don't need speed to run a marathon. It will help you to have speed because then you're not running at your absolute, you know, closer to your absolute max, which means you could go for longer, but you don't need speed to train for distance events. Definitely, it would be much, much better and you have way better chance of being elite at an event if you have that raw speed base. But in my opinion, I don't think you need it, especially to train to be elite. You can train like, what's that quote? I love it. You know what? I'll say it at the end of the episode, but I'm going to say it twice because it needs to be said right now. Um, What's the fucking quote? It's like um, when talent fails. 
hard work beats talent when talent fails to work hard. That's the quote. Okay. One, okay. Another question about number one tip for getting a high ATAR. Let me respond what I said. Okay. I said to this, work hard, put in a hundred percent effort, grind. At the end of the day, if you did absolutely everything you can, you're going to do the best that you could have done. You got to stay organized, write all the notes that you can, handwrite everything, do as many practice papers as possible, get feedback from your teachers like as often as possible, minimum weekly. Ask them if you don't understand something. Like if you don't understand something like the back of your hand, pester your teacher until you know it better than your teacher. And then do as many past papers as you can. I literally printed off past papers from when I was in freaking kindergarten. And did those like I it depends on the subject like sometimes they change the syllabus completely oh shit they did that recently as well fuck that sucks um well that's awkward I did like find different papers from different schools so you could do the trial paper for like 10 different schools there you go working around the issue about the new syllabus um okay are you gonna get covid vaccinated I'm really afraid to, but honestly, it's going to need to, it's going to be necessary. Like there's, it's, yeah, I think everyone's going to have to eventually. So probs. Is a Garmin watch a good per purchase? Yes. Billion percent. Yes. I haven't taken mine off since I got it for my birthday. I got it for my 19th. When it gets to tomorrow, I would have worn it for three years straight. What's your relationship with your older siblings? I love them to death and they're always there for me and supportive so I can call them or reach out to them about anything and they're heaps of fun we get along really well however I don't see them very often they live quite far away and have their own families but I love them so good relationship um what inspired you to start taking running more seriously I always took it seriously in my head even when I was young and didn't realize I wasn't taking it seriously because it's my absolute biggest passion and love in life. Even when I was like 11 years old and I didn't train with a coach, I took it seriously in my head. Like I would go out and run and get my dad to time me. And I'd be like, dad, this is training. And um, like canning down to like cross country and state and stuff like that in primary school were like important to me. They were like the highlights of my year. They were like, this is the most important thing in the world. So I kind of always took it seriously my whole life. I just didn't officially like, can you know train with an elite squad or like compete at like big events like nationals um but yeah I always took it seriously in my head (laughs) okay um how much money should I save by the end of year 12 that's a really random question that I can't answer because it's relative to every different person you know like you might not have a job while you're at school and then you get a job as soon as you finish school and so then nothing or you might be one of those people that start working really young and try to save and your life goal is to just save and like I don't know so it it's each to their own it's very different so what is your best investment slash purchase when I saw this question I was like oh probably like my Nike Tempo Next Percents and then I was like wait that was such a random no like I didn't put any thought into that and then I put some more thought into it and I was like Oh, maybe like my Mac, because I obviously like use that every day. But then I was like, oh, my vlogging camera. But then because I was just thinking about the Garmin post, I was like, oh, my Garmin. So do you know what? I'm going to go with my Garmin because obviously, as I said, I haven't taken it off in three years. Okay. The next question is 
prepare yourself. Buckle up. We're going on a rant. Okay. I actually did a rant on this on my Instagram story, but it says, do you have cheat days and what's your favorite food on cheat days? And I said, no, I don't have cheat days. Um, Let me get more into it. So first of all, my favorite food is all healthy foods. As I was mentioning before, I freaking love healthy foods. Second of all, I cannot deal with someone's notion of a cheat day. If your favorite food is something that's considered junk food or not so healthy, then you don't need to have a day where you allow yourself to eat it and it's cheating. All food is just a unit of energy. You need food. It's going to provide you with energy, carbohydrates, fats, and proteins. And we need all three of those micronutrients. Sorry, like don't, don't even try to at me about this. Stupid freaking paleo or keto. Get off your high horse. You're still built biologically in a way, in a body that needs all three macronutrients. So don't even try to outrun them by restricting your body. And yeah, I just, I just can't. Yeah. So yeah. What was I even going with this? Your, if your favorite food is something that's unhealthy, bunny ears, you can eat that as part of a balanced diet. Just have it in moderation. If you're going to have pizza then have it for dinner one night of the week. Don't have a cheat day where you'll go on a pizza binge um, or a donut binge. Like, Just balance. Have it in moderation. So if I was to have a favorite food that would be like unhealthy, what I would do is just have it in moderation every now and then as part of a balanced diet. I wouldn't have cheat days where I would allow myself to binge. That to me is binge and restricting because it means you're restricting yourself from foods that your body wants and then you're binging cheat days are just it's just like to me that just has is the idea of feeling so sick mentally and physically like having guilt and feeling physically ill because you've gorged yourself so yeah and that just a notion sets you up to have that disordered mindset around food and disordered relationship because like the idea of like that's unhealthy i'm never gonna have it and i fully understand that relationship because that has literally been me for years and i've realize like this is so hard to explain because I know I don't like eat unhealthy but like there are foods that like I don't really think are that healthy I know a lot of people think they're like healthy but to me like if I want a food that like I don't think is that healthy like an acai bowl is the example I use I'm not gonna be like I'll wait till I have a cheat day and eat it I'll just have it as a part of a balanced diet so yeah that was my response to that no such thing as cheat days even your favorite athlete okay i'm such a bad example of this because i genuinely love healthy food um but yeah like your favorite athlete they will have a freaking donut every now and then they don't have to be like "Mm, do you know what because i eat healthy all the time when i have this donut i must have a cheat day to allow myself to have that donut where i'll just like cheat it's not cheating to eat it's necessary to eat your body needs fuel anyway sorry this is just it just aggravated me. I hope the person that didn't ask this gets offended because I don't mean to attack her. I'm attacking the notion of cheat day. Okay, I'm going to move on. What are your best tips for a runner with a injury? Okay, 100% you have to rest and listen to your physio, listen to your body. It really depends on your injury. So for me, with my injuries... <laughs> um, all the little niggles that I get, like shin splints and just like Achilles issues. The biggest um, tip for me, 
tip. The biggest thing I do that I would say is a tip is backing off when there's pain, you have to really become, um, I don't want to say at one, but you have to have a really good relationship and understand the different pain from your body. So if you have a pain that you're like, this is a worsening my injury pain, stopping, learning how to cross train. So if you're injured, you're going to have to get off your feet sometimes. You know, sometimes if you have really bad shin splints flare up, take a week off and then smash yourself on the bike instead, finding out how to cross train, but then also doing all the other things that are important, you know, getting enough sleep, eating well, rehabbing, doing the things that help repair your body tissues when they're damaged and rest is the biggest thing because you've got to give it time. And I'm not saying you don't train at all, but you train in ways that don't aggravate your injury or make it worse and that allow it to um, settle down. And then when you introduce training again, gradually adding the volume in, not just like jumping straight in, you have to be slow and allow your body to adapt. Some other things that are helpful besides staying on top of recovery with like massage and um, stretching and resting is I like to have Epsom salt baths, like super hot baths or ice baths. I find hydrotherapy like that just helps. Um, and good shoes, like wearing good supportive shoes and running surfaces. Running on grass is so much better for your body than track or concrete, especially concrete. So bad for your body. Um, Tips for those who eat lots, don't gain weight and lose instead. Very active lifestyle. Okay, this is literally me, but when you say eat lots, like that doesn't mean eat lots of calories. That just could mean volume. So obviously up the calories. And if that means you need to eat more calorie dense foods like nut butters, avocado, foods that are higher in fat because they have more calories per gram, you can eat less volume, but have higher calorie foods. And that would be very helpful. Another thing I started doing the other day is having a protein shake with lunch so having smoothies and liquid calories with a meal it's so filling and you feel so full but it helps get in more food um how do you do your nails i answer this one but i basically i have my nails have grown super long if you've seen my stories that's my natural nails i don't get tips or fake nails put on when i get them done but i do get them done like painted on top so I was getting SNS for like a year, but um, a few months ago I went back to getting shellac, which I was getting way before I got SNS. Um, and shellac you can't get a tip on. So even though neither I did, those people who have short nails and get like a tip put on, you can't do that with shellac. It can only be on your natural nail. But I was like, whatever, I don't do that anyway. I want to have like long natural nails. So I went to getting, fuck, this is such a boring comment i'll be done in a second guys question not comment um yeah i went back to shellac for a few reasons one is that it's so much cheaper sns is so bloody expensive i have literally paid 70 bucks to get my nails done before which is just insane so it was way more affordable um and then yeah my nails just feel so much healthier like after getting sns when they file all the nail off like to get it off my nails are bendy and weak underneath and yeah so yeah I am a shellac gal again at the moment. Okay, sorry if the sound changed slightly. I had to relocate because I was in the kitchen and my family wanted to go into the kitchen. So here we are. Okay, next question is, can you start track in your 20s? There's a few questions I've got, which is like, um, is it too late for me to start sport? Or is it too late for me to start this? Or, And this is something that kills me whenever I get um this question 
there is no limit or age on starting something that you want to do. It doesn't matter if that's sport or a new job or going to uni, like you don't have to think, oh, it's too late. You know, I didn't start this when I was young enough. I can no longer do it. That's crazy. Like life is short and there's no rules. Like there's, I don't know if someone thinks there's like a genuine rule that's like, sorry, you missed the starting age. There's no rules. I don't know why this question gets me so worked up. I just, I just can't like, why? Like it's never too late. It's only too late when you physically are incapable anymore. So don't have regrets in life. As I was saying before, like YOLO, you live once, go and do the things that you want to do. If you want to start a sport, then go and do it. You don't have to be Usain Bolt. And as I was saying in the vlog that I'm doing, because I answered a few of these in the vlog, it depends what you're asking. Like if you're saying, is it too late to win the Olympics in this particular event? If I start now, then yeah, maybe it might be. But like, are you asking that? Or do you just want to start and just have a go? plenty of people who are old run for fun and compete for fun and they're not even good like you don't have to be what someone considers good at it you can just do it for pure love of it for fitness for socializing for a sport like you don't have to do it to be the next Australian record holder and like yes that you can get good at sports starting at a later age like there are plenty of marathon Olympic athletes who started in their 30s um, obviously it depends on the sport, like a marathon, you can peak at a much later age. Um, d- definitely it's rare and it's, you know, most people need to accumulate a lot of volume, which would require you to start at a younger age than say 30. But of course you can start. An example is coach Kylie, one of my coaches. She started athletics when she was in her thirties, um, because her husband was like an athlete, an athletics coach. Um, So she started it and now she competes for masters and she's freaking fast and she's fit as hell. And no, she's not going to run in the Olympics because she's like almost 60, but she's still one of the fastest in the country for her age. And she'll do like Australian like masters nationals. But um, then there are other people her age that compete and they're nowhere near as good as her, but they just do it because they love it. So the answer is yes, you can start. Um, someone said, what is the average distance of your runs? I'm not a distance runner. I don't go on like long runs. So like 400 meters, I train for 400 meter hurdles. Um, okay. Someone said, has your 20 things a year rule made much of a difference in how much you save? So for those who don't know, I made this like rule for myself where I would only buy, I gave myself a limit of only having 20 items that I can buy for myself. Like just fun things, material things. I didn't include necessities in that. And to be honest, I've saved the most I have ever saved in my life this year. And it's completely got nothing to do with that rule. It's purely because I have worked way more than any other year. So I can't tell, like (laughs) I could only tell if I had done the same, worked the exact same amount as I had other years and had the same like expenditure like as in outgoing expenses and bills and like stuff like that which I haven't so I really can't tell because um how much I've saved has been owing to how much I've worked not that 20 item thing rule (laughs) um favorite brand of almond milk 100% so good sanitarium so good unsweetened almond milk is my go-to and this person said their mom only buys almond breeze and almond breeze is like foul I'd rather never have milk again than have almond breeze I, I actually don't I don't don't fuck with almond breeze absolutely not someone said 
will you run a marathon one day? And yeah, it's on my bucket list. I want to run one one day. Okay, someone said, and I wanted to chat about this. Do you sometimes wake up during the night and eat? I have only ever experienced this midnight extreme hunger in anorexia recovery and trying to, you know, get to a healthy weight again. Before when I was healthy, I'd never experienced hunger randomly in the night. Um, when I started to recover from being underweight, actually, when I was super underweight, I used to wake up starvacious in the night because I'd obviously not eaten in the day. And when I was in a really bad place, oh, this is so sad to think about and just really sad. I used to get up and be starving and I would just look at pictures of food and just be like, I wish I could eat, but I can't because I had a mental health problem. Um, and now if I ever wake up and in the night hungry, I will get up and eat and then go back to sleep because for a few reasons, I know that my body's hungry if I've been in a deficit and that's why it's waking me up in the night. I also want to sleep. I want to get back to sleep and I'm not going to get back to sleep if I'm starving. Um, and then I'm also kind of like, I'm hungry. I listen to my body. I'm going to eat. And this is how you're going to get better. Um, but I hate waking up with hunger. Like I want to sleep through the night. So I always have a snack before I go to sleep, even if I'm not hungry so that I can sleep through the night. Um, what else? Would you ever consider long distance running? Yes. If I don't get back to running PBs, um, and get back to like a good, place ranking in like 400s 400 hurdles I'm just going to move up in distance and I have almost like given up early and just gone up in distance in the past but I haven't truly given myself a chance to get good at my event because I haven't truly been a healthy weight or weight restored for years so I need to give myself that chance first and in saying that if I went up to long distance there's absolutely no way I could get um, a period back because that would require more calories than I could imagine to get a period back. Because when you're doing long distance running, that is a lot of energy expenditure. And just to maintain weight, it's going to be eating so much. So to gain weight and get a period back would just be out of my league. (laughs) How many siblings do you have? I have five. So I have four older siblings who are like between 35 and 47 or something like that and then my twin who is also 21 because we're twins lol um how did you decide what course you wanted to do at uni honestly the reason I didn't go to uni the first year out of school was because I didn't know what I wanted to do and I literally considered that many different degrees I considered doing a bachelor of Chinese medicine I considered doing I never thought about marks because I already knew I could get into pretty much anything I wanted to do so I just considered what there were I considered um psychology I considered midwifery at one point I have no idea what's wrong with me to want to be a midwife I think I literally passed out last time I had a blood test seeing whatever happens downstairs would turn me off ever having a child so yeah I just thought it'd be cool to bring life into the world for like five seconds and then I was like jokes let's not do that um, I ended up picking my degree because I didn't know what I wanted to do and I was like let's just do this one because it's sports science and it's probably relevant to me so that's why I picked it someone said what keeps you busy in lockdown they obviously don't follow my youtube because I literally talk so much about what I do every day <laughs> but um, I literally 
<laughs> train all the time. I'm making so many YouTube videos, which takes like literally a video takes 24 hours to edit. Um, I could go on forever. I'm reading Harry Potter again. I literally get like 100 emails a day and like 100 DMs a day. So if I really wanted to answering those, but mainly creating more content and training and then uni started back. So I have uni classes and lectures all online. A word that defines you. I had like five pop into my head. I can't pick one. If I had to pick one, I think I'd go with hectic just because that's really specific of a question and like I don't want to answer with whatever is your mum Portuguese not full she's like part Portuguese my parent my dad was born in Scotland and he's like Scottish background because they both grew up in Australia so they're both Aussies but background wise my dad's Scottish and my mum's a mix of Portuguese and Indian Thoughts on dating or remaining single? I don't feel like answering this question. I have like either. It's great. Like I'd love a boyfriend, but I also love to not have to worry about the commitment and like, yeah, I don't know. I love being in love though. I want to be in love again. But anyway, that sounded so tragic. Let's move on. What are things that you didn't know about an ED that you had to find out the hard way? Oh, that's a really good question. That's a really juicy question. What are things that I didn't know that I had to find out the hard Do you know what? I didn't know that how empty a person could feel. That sounded so intense. Wow. Don't worry. I don't feel empty much, much. I'm so much better mentally. This is like years ago when I was in the worst of the worst place. And I didn't know that life could be so bad and if you are feeling like that can I please say it it can get life can be beautiful and it it's up to you to decide that's not how you want to live and I'm not saying it's your fault but you have to be the one that goes out and talks up talks up talks about it speaks up and gets help and it can be beautiful life can be amazing and it can also be sad it can be really heartbreaking but it's not always going to be like that nothing bad stays bad forever just always remember that nothing bad stays bad forever like good and bad happens in life and good will always come but um yeah so that's probably something that I had to learn the hard way I think another thing I would say is how um I guess fragile your life can be like like heart health and do you know what Something I didn't know about an ED that you had to find out the hard way is how taxing it is on your body and how you cannot compete, not just compete, you cannot do the things physically that you could do before when you had an ED. Sorry, when you were at a healthy weight or what the fuck words. When you have an ED, you, uh, I guess it depends on the ED. Every time I say ED, I just think, oh, anorexia, but it's very different for everyone. But for me, with anorexia, the thing I had to find out the hard way is your body can no longer do the things it could do um, and that you took for granted when you were healthy. So for me, it couldn't run fast anymore. It couldn't be strong. It broke down a lot all the time, like as in injury wise, and it couldn't get a period. So they are some of the things I guess I found out the hard way. Um, but most of it, honestly, I feel like it's pretty like you could empathize and imagine it and 
it's not a shock that it happens. I think I'm going to end this here. There are so many more questions. Honestly, my throat's kind of over talking. <laughs> I'm going to end this podcast here. It was so long, but um, I hope that this answers some of those questions and I hope it was interesting. And yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. I am going to remember to end this video with a quote. Video. It's not a freaking video. Sorry. This podcast. I'm going to end it with a quote that I did mention before. And <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. I just laughed at myself because I was like, what the fuck was the quote? But I remember the quote was, hard work beats talent when talent fails to work hard. I love that quote. That's one of my favorite quotes because I'm a strong believer in, you know, hard work pays off. The amount of effort you put into something will, you will reap the benefits. So thank you guys so much for listening because I'm only 21 for like a couple more hours. I'm 21 years old. Do you know what? I hate this because I already thought 21, like it still sounds so old to me. And I'm like, how the heck am I getting older than that? Can we please just not talk about it? Okay, let's not talk about it. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you guys join me in the next episode. You can find my podcast Instagram. It's at Emmy's Insight. Um, Please share it. Um, That's a way you could support the podcast. You could also support it by... I think reviewing it on Apple products. I don't really know how podcasts work still. I'm not going to lie. Um, but yeah, just chuck me a follow on my Instagram, imogen.russell. Subscribe to my YouTube. And yeah, <laughs> why am I um, dragging out this outro? Okay, see ya. <laughs>